is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Five minutes after twelve is the time. It, 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 have you got time for a for a giggle briefly? Because I've been doing this job for quite a long time now, but uh, there is still an astonishing capacity for me to be taken by surprise. So I wandered into the production office at, at, at ten o'clock this morning. We were already taking calls on the first topic, which was Greg's the Bakers and, and compassionate conservatives, uh, b b responsible capitalism. And Aaron, who's, who's, who's answering the phone today, I just got the giggles and I could work out why by eavesdropping. He said, where are you calling from? And the bloke on the other end of the phone said, my car. So we would have put on, it would have been John in his car. Anyway, so the point is, I still get taken by surprise. So I don't think I'd mention Mystery Out barely, but I haven't got a phone line free now. Everyone's already rung in, which makes me a little bit. I'm such a, a complex web of insecurities and paranoias that now I'm worried you weren't listening to the first two hours of the programme. You've just been sitting there waiting for 12 o'clock. But at least you're here now. So... What is Mystery Hour? If you're unfamiliar with this feature, then I think you're probably in for something of a treat. And um, that's because it, it, it almost always delivers a belly laugh. Not quite as deep a belly laugh necessarily as the one that David has given me in his extremely long text explaining why his um, negative attitude towards Greta Thunberg has absolutely nothing to do with any personal inadequacies on his part. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Uh, but a belly laugh could be on the horizon nonetheless. I also have to do the completing third part of my apology for my quantum theory, relativity, humiliation, self-inflicted humiliation earlier in the programme. I shall, I, shall, I shall be doing that. And, and if, if my producer is awake, I will also be sharing details of that parachuting story. What? You've already given it to me and I've lost it. Oh, well, that, that's, not work. that's not, work. It's not worked out well at all. Uh, but Mr. Out, you ring in with a question. Oh, look, there you go. There he is, still on the printer. You ring in with a question, and uh, somebody else rings in with the answer. And this week, I'm not even going to bother giving you a more complicated or detailed explanation than that. I am, however, before we begin, going to share with you the details of the story from yesterday that just tickled the cockles of my heart. And, and you might not agree. You might not um, join in. But you know when people ask you to pay you sponsor them to do a charity parachute jump. And in the back of my mind, I see I'm not a, a, a mean person when it comes to charity. That's not virtue signalling. It's just, just one of those things. It's probably actually guilt. I give some money, put some money in your tin, and it makes up for the fact that I don't actually do the actions that I could be doing to, to um, support the causes I believe in. So I've often wondered, how much does it cost to do a parachute jump and how much money? So what you really do is you have a crowdfunder to do a parachute jump, pay for you to do a parachute jump and then give what's left over to charity. It turns out I'm completely right, but it gets worse. I'm not going to give you, uh, I'm just going to read you this paragraph, which for my money, if your sense of humour or your sense of curiosity is even a tiny bit like mine, then you will owe me one when I get to the end of this paragraph. All right. Are you ready? And then I promise we'll crack on with Mystery Hour. All parachute injuries from two local parachute centres over a five-year period were analysed. Of 174 patients with injuries of varying severity, 94% were first-time charity parachutists. The injury rate in charity parachutists was 11% at an average cost of £3,751 £3, per casualty. 63% of casualties who were charity parachutists required hospital admission, representing a serious injury rate of 7% at an average cost of £5,781 per patient. 
The amount raised per person for charity was £30. Each pound raised for charity cost the NHS £13.75 in return. Parachuting for charity costs more money than it raises, carries a high risk of serious personal injury and places a significant burden on health resources. Please don't at me if you raised a ton of money and didn't get injured at all. Them's are the facts. And as I said, they're quite ticklish. Shall we crack on with Mystery Hour? Yay! Liam's in Oxford. Liam, question or answer? The question. Carry on. Uh, will you sponsor me for my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Well played. Go on, seriously, though. Um, with the high winds and what happened uh, this week, yes. um, my kids have got a trampoline in the garden, which yes. uh, my wife kept telling me, pin it down, pin it down. Oh, yes. If I hadn't pinned it down, it'd taken off in the wind and gone through next door's greenhouse or hurt somebody. Would I be liable or prosecutable? Do you know, it's a bit, bit more. I mean, this could have... I love It's not often that Clive Bull's legal hour and my mystery hour combine, but this call would work on both, wouldn't yeah. it? It could yeah. be ringing in for some legal, for free legal advice, which, which you can do with Clive on a regular basis, or ringing into Mystery Hour and hoping that someone listening will know the answer. Ooh. Oh, you could deny it was yours. Yeah, well, if it goes over the... If it's next door, you're going to struggle. Going to know, but if you see some of the YouTube videos where they've taken off, like, um, Dorothy's house. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz, and they could... They no, could you're, ab- anywhere, you're absolutely so. right. The roof came off one of our local tube stations the other night, Ravenscourt Park, yeah. bits, bits of the roof came off. So if you're... It's a bit like my dad's favourite riddle, my late dad's favourite riddle. If my peacock laid an egg in your garden, who would it belong to? So if your trampoline came smashing through my patio doors, would you be liable? Yeah. For, yes. for on, I love that question. Um, I shall find yeah. out for you. But, but you've pinned Thank it you down now, so it remains firmly in the realms yeah. of the theoretical. Yes, it is pinned down. <laughs> well done, Liam. If Liam's trampoline... Smash through your patio doors during a meteorological phenomenon. Would he be financially liable? Or, or, or more, actually. That's a really nice question. Uh, 12.11 is the time. And we continue. Ben is in Brighton. Question or answer, Ben? It is a question, James. Yes. OK, pretty straightforward. And hang on, I don't, want to put, I don't want to put any pressure on you. OK. But... This yeah. caller has been put through to the studio with the subheading, Keith loves this question. All right? <laughs> but no, but no, oh, he's crossed now. He said he didn't say loves. He just really likes it. All right? He wants to be clear on that. So pressure's Keith on. Is a, is a, Keith is a man of rare taste. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the back of your debit card, yes. you've got your, three, your last three digits, yeah? Yes. What about those other digits? That's what a very good for? question. Are they not the last four digits of the card on the front? Uh, I don't Let's want have to have a look. I've got mine here. I mean, in my hand. Be a bit, it's going to be a bit of an anticlimax if they are. Oh God! Yeah, they bloody you know are, what? you prune. Mine Keith, are, you're but fired. That's just, a, that's just a coincidence. So it's what do you what mean? It's a coincidence. Well, I don't know what they're there for. That's not what you asked. They're the last four digits right. of the long number on the front. You know, I blame Keith for all this. Yeah, I blame Keith for all this as well. <laughs> round of applause for me. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I do get around. I've answered the question, Keith. You thought it was a good question. It's not my fault you're embarrassed. Now give me my rap. Thank you. Ben, better luck next time. Jules is in Sheffield. Jules, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. This is Aaron's favourite question, apparently, so no pressure. Oh, Carry on. Right, well, I was driving from Sheffield to Manchester, over Woodhead, and a bee landed on my windscreen just after I'd set off. Yes. And I took it all the way over Woodhead up to Manchester, and yeah. then it flew off when I got there. <laughs> now, my question is, what's going to happen to that bee? Is it going to 
try and find a hive in Manchester? Is it going to be homeless? Is it going to try and find its way back to Sheffield? It'd probably be depressed having gone from Sheffield to Manchester. Also, no, no, I mean, the accent's going to cause problems, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'd yeah, be so buzzing like this. It'd be buzz, 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 and then it'll get to Sheffield, and then they won't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll say, why are you wearing your trousers around your backside like that, you silly bee? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think we've done something similar before, but I can't remember the answer, so it stays on the board. Um, Jules kidnapped a bee. He drove it across the Pennine and he wants to know whether the bee returns I mean, you won't be they have a fairly long there's a beautiful book about stuff like this that I read a few years ago it's fiction believe it or not set in a hive but we will get you an answer if it kills me Jules um, what will happen to Jules's kidnapped bee uh, he, he picked it up in um, well, whichever way round it was on one side of the Pennines drove to the other side drove from Manchester to Sheffield let the bee out will it have got back to Manchester will it have found another hive or will it well R.I.B. Marianne is in crew Marianne question or answer it's a question, please, James. Carry on. Well, um, I was thinking last night, I turned my That's TV always off dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Modern TVs, when you turn them off, they just go into standby mode. When I was a kid, you had to actually press a button on the TV and it turned it completely off. And my mum also used to unplug it from the wall. So I was wondering, all these modern TVs that are just on standby, are we using a load more electricity because we can't actually turn our TVs off? Yes. Well, that would answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how much more we... Well, why can't you turn them off again, remind me? Just because that's the well, way our TV... When you, when you press a button on the remote control, it just goes into standby, and yes. our TV doesn't have a button actually on the TV to turn it off. So we've got our TV on standby. Yeah, so you, what we've you mean is our... you never go to the mains. I, I, and if you were being full Greta Thunberg tribute act, you would turn it off at the mains every night. Yes, well, I've, been, I've always been told and I've always believed that if you, have, like, if you have your phone charger and you disconnect your phone from the charger but it's still plugged into the wall, that it's still using electricity. I don't know if that's right or not, but I just know when I was a kid, my mum used to turn off the TV. Turn it off at the mains. So while saying, I'm not the electricity board, Marianne, thank you very much. Do I look like London <laughs> Electricity? Or oh, you're up in crew. I don't know what off the top. Norweb. <laughs> I'm not Norweb, Marianne. Thank you very much while turning well, everything off. I just off. thought... Someone could let us know if all these TVs on standby are using a load of wasted electricity while we're sleeping at night, when I, we could I, easily I think, just unplug I, them from the wall. Yeah, well, I'm putting it on the board, but I, well, think, I think the answer is yes, and I think it rings a bell with me about somebody suggesting that there is an environmental impact to leaving everything on standby. But I shall wait for a slightly more expert contributor than myself, Marianne. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's 12.15. This is LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. <laughs> context is everything, isn't it? Um, uh, usually. So uh, I was really, this isn't me patting myself on the back for what I thought was quite a good joke, but it's what happens when you take stuff out of context. So um, did you hear the caller earlier saying we should trust David Attenborough over Greta Thunberg because he's travelled all over the world? To which, uh, if this was Alan Partridge, I'd now add quick as a flash. But I have now added quick as a flash, so I might as well be Alan Partridge. So quick as a flash, I replied, so has Lisa Stansfield. But you wouldn't trust her views on climate change, because Lisa Stansfield's most famous track is, of course, being around the world and I, 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 I. Now, at least one listener appreciated the sheer 24-carat quality of that gag. So they tweeted it. Thank you, Ben. But, of course, out of context, it looks as if I'm a climate change denier, which some people... Why are they following me? Dick. Context, context, context. Twelve nineteen. Back to mystery hour. We've done that one. Um, what, what happens to a bee if you take it miles away from its hive? 
how big a deal is the electricity expended when you leave your telly on standby? And if my trampoline smashed through your patio windows, would I be liable? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. It was actually Liam's trampoline we were talking about, but hey, nobody's counting. Jack's in Woking. Jack, question or answer? Hi, Jane. Hello, Jane. Uh, question, please. Yes. I would like to ask. Yes. Why does the Queen always look to the right on all of her coins? Because her dad always looked to the left, and they alternate it. Oh, was it? I thought she might have been looking at something. <laughs> what, like, I don't know, Philip. Philip! <laughs> Get back in here! Yes, I know. Or there's well, yeah, a corgi. No, I think... That, oh, oh, ah, no, hang on. No, 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 no. Hang on. I've got... They always face left. The, 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 the... the, the, the... Well, she's facing right. No, she faces left. No, she doesn't. She, well... Pull out your bag under your desk and have a look in the, at those coins. I know, oh, no, you're right. She faces right. Well, what am I talking about, Jack? Bonjour, you see? Creme de month, my friend. Creme de month. What am I talking about? Why am I exactly. saying? What? I've got all confused. But we've done it. it. We've done it on Mystery Hour before. That's why I thought I knew the answer. Oh, you've been fooled. I haven't been fooled. I've, I've, I've merely, I've merely misstepped. I think, I think so, it's just personal. So George look to the right. What? Did George look to the right? Yeah. No, he'd have looked left. Okay, so. So why did he look left? Is he is it is better looking? No, no it or? alternates. It alternates. I, I am right. It alternates, and I got mixed up because Edward VIII didn't want to be part of the alternation. Leave stamps out of it. You'll just complicate matters. He he. Edward VIII didn't like his. He was quite a vain man apparently, and he didn't like his. Um, he thought he had a good side and a bad side. Whereas normally, so that you could easily recognise whether it was a new coin or an old coin. Normally, the monarchs alternate left to right. So. Left, right, left, but, right, left, right. But then, so it only started at Edward then. Because no, no, no. He's the he's the he's the exception. What? Because he wanted, he thought his other side was better. Correct. So George the Sixth, the Queen's dad, he would have faced right. He would have faced left. Okay. So the, so we could be looking at our our Queen's worst side. Well, yeah, exactly that. Or she might not have a good side or a bad side. So they swap sides every time a new monarch takes the throne with the exception of Edward VIII. Qualifications? So Someone Charles asked this before and I've finally remembered it. What? Charles looking to his Why are you still here? Why are you still here? I've answered the question. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just inquisitive. This isn't like banter hour. It's mystery hour. Yeah, I know, I know. So, so yes, yes is the short answer. Unless Prince Charles has a particular problem with his left, um, what's it called? What's a side-on view called? Profile. With his left profile, then he will be facing the opposite way from his mum when he gets his bonds on coins. Okay. Well, I'll give you a ring back then. When he's, when he's, like, well, let us both, let us both hope that, that that dismal day is long distant, Jack. Well, not for me. It could be 20 years. I hope I'll be so. in my prime then. Well, no, I meant I don't want the Queen to, to leave us at this difficult time in the nation's history. Round of applause for me, please. <laughs> Doing well today. 23 minutes after 12 is the time. Matt is in Teddington. Matt, question or answer? Oh, I'm just very surprised to get through. How lovely. What a lovely um, voice you've got. Are you a professional? Do you do voiceover work or anything well, like that? I, like, I, profess, I have a voice, but I'm not a professional. That's very kind of you to say. No, I can't even a, hear myself on the radio. got an immensely engaging um, tone. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm practically, I'm, I'm almost jealous, and I do this for oh. a living. Anyway, where were well, we? I'll have to get another job. <laughs> oh, I recommend it. Uh, 
Don't you I think? Guess, I'm just hang on. I'm just talking to the listeners now. You could hear Matt on an advert, couldn't you? You could hear him doing a, a little bit on LBC, doing some of the jingles or something. He's just got one of those voices. It must be something to do with his register. Anyway, we digress. Question or answer, Matt? Oh, lovely. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly thrown now. This You're may blushing be a, a, as well. Not... You're blushing as I well. Am. Oh, I am oh, blushing. Okay. Oh, carry on. <laughs> it's face time thing. Um, do, I, this may be a non-question. Do dogs... I don't think that dogs bruise... Dogs bump into things all the time. And, yeah. you know, even when well, you see... You know, they don't bruise. Broken. They're covered in fur. Yeah, but even if you shave their fur off, they, you would see the skin, which you do see on vet programmes. We've all seen the super vet and how wonderful it is. And they but don't bruise. We, Dogs don't bruise. And it's bruise. quite a hefty... That's quite a hefty presumption that you're starting here with. Well, I've Matthew. never seen one. No, but you wouldn't. You've never shaved a dog, have you? The things well, I say on the radio. Maybe, maybe I have. <laughs> but we both but, know you haven't, Matt. Stop. Okay. So I don't want any uh, of your fake news on this. Right, answer the question. Have you ever shaved a dog, Matt in Teddington? Not yet. Thank you. But so how do you know I've they seen, don't bruise then? Well, I've seen lots of vets programmed and hairless dogs. I've yeah. never seen a bruised one. No, fair enough. Fair enough. So why? Do don't. Why don't dogs bruise? Right, but you're beginning on the pr- premise that they don't. So we need to qualify that. Maybe they do. But if they don't, why not? Um, why not? Yes, thank you. And, and Because you'd expect as mammals, blood, skin, surface. They've got blood vessels. They've got skin. Yep. Under why the not? surface, the same stuff must be going on that goes on in humans. But on the surface, you think there is no bruise. Yes, and I'm slightly tempted to find a dog to shave, just to check. I don't want you doing that. You'll get me into trouble. with And also, I now need to do something. I have to make it clear that this programme and this radio station in no way encourage the shaving of dogs for purely personal reasons. If there is a medical reason for doing it, then crack on. But otherwise, just leave your dog unshaved. Unshaven, completely. Thank you, Matt. That's quite quite enough from you. Harry. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, all right? Okay. Honestly, it started so well. Even with his voice, I'm not sure I want those words being uttered <laughs> repeatedly on the programme. Alex is in Lewis. Alex, question or answer? Oh, hello, James. Yeah. Yes, I've got an answer for oh, you, well, to the, thank you to the B question. Oh, good. Yes. Um, yeah, so if the this poor lost bee, if he um, manages to find another colony of, of bees, of his own species, whether that's a a beehive in someone's back garden or, a, a, you know, a naturally occurring colony, yes. as long as he's got something useful with him, for example, nectar or pollen, they'll welcome in him into, his, into their colony. They'll let can, him in and he can then join the, join the ranks of the other um, worker bees. Exactly. What so, about, could, they, could, he, could he possibly stay in an Airbnb? Oh, brilliant. Love yeah. it. You don't Excellent. know, do you? You're just being polite. <laughs> <laughs> that was Keith's joke. I'm not claiming that one. That was rubbish. Oh, if you'd laughed your head off, I'd have, I'd have kept it. I'd have kept no, it for I'm myself. I'm going to use it myself in the future, so, actually. So, okay. so, so, so well, you are a beekeeper, I'm presuming. Otherwise, you wouldn't have rung in to answer this question. I am indeed. Well, I yeah. can't believe you've not done the Airbnb joke before, frankly, Alex. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't They're going to chuck I'm you out like... of the brotherhood of beekeepers if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> Beekeeperswithrubbishjokes.com. Um, I, I love that. And so it, it, it would be relatively straightforward. So we can put our caller's mind at rest. His Sheffield-bound well, bee would probably... Not prob- necessarily, because he, he might not be able to find um, a colony and then he's a bit stuffed. He'll probably... Yeah, well, then he's a rubbish bee. And, well, yeah, true, but... <laughs> Fine, you it's know, not that hard to find a colony. They've got them on like house roofs now near me. Everyone's got bees, bees all over the place. Bees to the left of me, bees to the right of me. It's like the charge of the bee brigade. I'm going to give you a round of applause, Alex. How many bees Thank do you, you keep? How many hives have you got? 
Well, I've got two hives at the moment, so not not too many, but enough to keep us keep me and my family in honey. So, and do you good. do you dress up and do the smoke and all that stuff? I do indeed. Okay, yeah, when I'm a yeah. little bit older, yeah, when I've got a little bit more time, because the chickens didn't go well, as people who have listened to this program for many years will attest. It ended rather badly, the chicken experiment, but the bee experiment, I can see that. You could even get one down at the allotment. Thank you, Alex. Um, Dr. Dog is here, which I hoped would happen when that question came up. <laughs> and here he is. Hi, James. Vieri, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Well, I mustn't grumble. So we begin with the parameter-setting part of this answer, yeah. which is, do dogs bruise? Yes, they do. Ah. But not like humans. Go on. Um, the process is the same. It's... it's um, it's blood coming out underneath the skin. Yes. The big difference is that dog skin, what's known as the epidermis, is much, much thicker. So if you, you, know, if you try and pinch your dog's skin, as I'm doing right now with my dog, which he doesn't like very much, but it's so much thicker than ours. So before you can actually see a bruise, you need to have a really, really major thump. Oh, right? okay. So when you see bruising in dogs, it's usually pretty serious. Um, so yeah, there you go. So they're and just they're, they're just yeah. generally hardier creatures than we. are. I mean, they literally we bruise more easily than dogs do. That's the phrase. They bruise yes. easily, so they do bruise, but not it, very easily. Not very easily, but then it depends on where the certain parts of the body of the dog where the skin is a lot thinner. Yeah. And then of course they're covered in fur, so you can't see it immediately unless you shave your dog, like <laughs> I was saying before, which is not a nice thing to do. Fantastic. Um, I, I've also, do you know, I've indulged in some uh, everyday sexism. Oh, have you? Yes, I just presumed Why? that I presumed that the bee would be a he, a he bee, not a she bee. <laughs> Quite. I, I, I don't the, think the that is. Bee. But if it's a if it's a worker bee, it's a he bee, isn't it? It's a he bee. Yeah, I thought Absolutely. it was. Anyway, tell people yeah. about your website or your qualifications so they can find out more about the work that you do, Vieri. Oh, they can find me on, on Facebook. That's the easiest. It's a Dr. Dog Trainer. It's a DR Dog Trainer, all in one word. Oh, fantastic. I'm there. Becoming part of the mystery yeah. of furniture. A delightful. Another, <laughs> another round of applause for Dr. Dog, please. It's uh, half past 12. The work, Thomas Watts is here with the headlines. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 12.34 is the time. If, if you're wondering what you've missed, um, Julian puts it best in a tweet. He says, that Mr James O'Brien is getting the heebie-sheebies about whether the stowaway Airbnb is a she or a hebe. Hashtag mystery hour. And, and I did do some, I did do some everyday sexism because uh, the worker bees are all female. The drones are essentially just love machines. Um, Charles was servicing the queen. There you go. Wondering what you're listening to, aren't you now? You should see the bit about when I asked the fellow if he'd ever shaved a dog. Petter is in Labrook Grove. Petter, I'm hoping you're going to raise the tone. <laughs> hello, James. Hello, hello. hello. Um, I've always wondered, and it's always bothered me, actually, as a oh, mother, yeah. how they, on TV and in films, how the directors and the film crew make babies cry and for so long? Tasers. And, huh? Tasers. <laughs> Little tiny baby tasers. They put needles in their nappies. Obviously, that's a joke. Well, I know. Well, how do they? Do, you how just, do they do it? Do you, know, I, 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 you mentioned that you're a mother. Yeah. Well. <laughs> if you'd rung me and asked, how do they get babies to stop crying in films? I'd have thought, yeah, that's a good question. No, but I mean, what? Okay, in that case, what I meant was, is it not cruel for the child to lay there screaming and crying for its mother while people are acting and there's lights over it? 
Not and it's really. crying, I mean, crying, crying. No, it's going to be crying anyway, even if it wasn't making a film most of the, <laughs> most of the time, isn't it? So, I mean, it, I presume they just work on the principle that babies spend a significant amount of their time crying. So if the script demands a crying... leave it there to yeah, cry. They're just, if the script demands a crying baby, they just bring the baby in and, and cross their yeah, fingers. Yeah. that it, They're not going to start pinching it or, 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 or <laughs> nicking its milk or anything like that, are they? I wouldn't well, I have thought. I, mean, I like the question. Well, I will put the question on the board in the hope that we tempt yeah. a famous actor onto the programme in entirely transparent <laughs> and cynical that. reasons. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully Hugh Grant will ring in or someone like that. Has he ever worked <laughs> with a baby? I can't remember. But we shall... Um, <laughs> I don't. I'd be oh, very surprised. Bellic, then he can call. I, I, well, I, I, Jason Statham. I'll see if um I can get you All an answer. Right. But I'll be very surprised if anyone rings in to say, "Well, I worked on Look Who's Talking with John Travolta and <laughs> Kirsty Alley, James, and and we used to use safety pins." Fair play. But we shall see. We shall see. Better. Thank you for that. How do they make babies cry on demand in films? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine. Seven three. If Liam's trampoline took off in a storm and smashed through your patio windows, would he be financially liable? You might have to ring back, Liam, on, on Clive Bull's legal hour for that one. Uh, I've written down the Queen. I answered that one. Telly's on standby as well. Uh, Jonathan is in Watford. Jonathan, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Jonathan. Um, it's in relation to the trampoline question. Oh, yes. Uh, Liam would potentially be... Uh, liable civilly, so he'd have to pay up for dun, any damage if his trampoline were to take up. Really? Yes. Uh, there's a couple of different ways that if they were to want to get their money back for any damage, they could do that. Or if anyone was hurt by it, mm-hmm. potentially they could say he was either negligent for not sticking it down yes. or that there had been uh, what's called a nuisance cause, which is a sort of land-based um, law a tort where you can sue someone if something dangerous escapes from your land, even if it doesn't do you any harm. damage. Well, no, it, it would have to cause some harm. Right. Um, so it would have to break smash through your patio or, windows or something. Yeah, no, or, or hurt someone. Um, he was also asking about criminal liability. Yes. Um, pretty unlikely, unless he was, you know, a particularly artful criminal who had uh, chosen a very windy day with the sole intent of aiming it at his neighbour's window, where he might, he might then have uh, criminal damage charges if they yes. were able to prove it. But likelihood is you're not going to be able to, to get someone on that. No. Uh, or, or if someone It's a very comprehensive if, answer. You know, you know you're not getting paid, don't you? Well, you I know see, what you're not like. I've, got, I've taken a punt on what you do for a living. I hope you haven't started the meter, Jonathan. Uh, well, I've, I've, I think we're up to one, we're only on one unit. So we're, we're so glad we're, to hear it. What are your qualifications, Jonathan? Uh, I am a, a barrister practicing in criminal and civil law. Fantastic. Obviously, I can't. LBC can't endorse what you've told us. But no. um, uh, anybody involved in issues akin to this should seek legal advice of their own. But in the context Absolutely. of Mystery Hour, you've done more than enough to earn a round of applause. Thank you. Next time you ring in to answer a question, would you mind wearing your wig? Uh, well, uh, it's in the bag at the moment. That's not good uh, enough. That's not good enough. <laughs> it's in the boot. That has to have something. <laughs> it's a wig in the boot. Thank you, Jonathan. So that's two little phrases today that if you took them out of context, they might leave people wondering what on earth has been happening on the programme today. Have you ever shaved a dog? And next time you ring in, would you mind wearing your wig? John's in Horsham. John, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, John. Question. Go on. Okay, I'm sorry for this time of day for this question, but what makes kissing so pleasurable? Nerve endings. I mean, some people say some people say it's better than you know 
other things. No, 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 spoil it. It's a, it's a nice question at the moment, and it's just on the right side of Icky, but if you start going any further with it, then yeah, we'll be, on, we'll be on the wrong that's side of Icky. I was a little bit concerned about this time of day, but yeah, I was asking my wife last night, saying, what makes kissing so pleasurable? And she said, and and she said pleasurable? What are you talking about, John? <laughs> <laughs> But Sorry. she did say since she's gone beardy. She I said, what makes kissing so pleasurable? Beardy. And your wife said, the milkman, John. <laughs> 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 boom, boom. <laughs> I do love talking. <laughs> I shall do my best to get you an answer. I presume it's got something to do with nerve endings, hasn't it? And, yeah, and, the, just, and the number of nerve endings in the relative organs. When we eat, we use the same area and it's not as pleasurable as having a kiss. Well, that's true. It's not as pleasurable. I mean, it depends what you're eating, up to a point, of course. But generally speaking, you wouldn't have the same physical pleasure in, in scoffing, unless it was one of those truffles I had on Monday at my birthday lunch. But otherwise, it would never be close to kissing. John, lovely question. Regards to, regards to Mrs. John. 12.40 is the time. Uh, Jay's in Banster. Jay, question or answer? It's an answer. All right, mate. I worked on set with um, Kirsty Allen, and no, I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's like um, it's like breaking the seal, isn't it? If I'm in this mood where I'm doing dad jokes left, right, and centre, one of my birthday presents on Monday was a book of dad jokes, and it, somehow everybody else joins in. I love it. We can't do it every day. That'd be that drives all round the bend. But here we are. You are not here to answer the question about how they make babies cry on set. So, what question are you here to answer? About the TVs. Go on, love it. All, t- all TVs have an on-off on and off button. They're just on the back. Yes, um, so you don't have to leave them on standby. You can actually turn them off from the back. But most of them are obviously mounted on a wall, so obviously it's more difficult to turn them off. Not that difficult, is it? It's usually within reach. Yeah. And, and, um, exactly. And, and, and electricity keep... is very minimal. It's always... obviously this one in a standby light to let you know the actual TV's on standby. That's it. It's, just about, it's about a quid a year, someone told me. Yeah. Keith, Keith told me, actually. He's looked into this. Uh-huh. So that and that is that. There you go. You can turn it off if you want. If if not, I mean, it's only going to cost a quid a year, which suggests that the environmental impact isn't huge. But of course, if there's ten million tellies left on standby overnight, then it does perhaps become a different proposition. What are your qualifications, Jay? Apart from dad jokes, um, an XT rear on satellite installer. There you go. That'll do nicely. Why did you knock it on the head? Um. Old. <laughs> moved on. Moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Semi-retired. I love it. Well, you've got a round of applause for your trophy cabinet. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 12.41 is the time. Brian is in Borehamwood. Brian, question or answer? It would be an answer. Carry on, Brian. Right, babies crying on film sets. And on demand. On demand. Well, for starters, if you don't see the face of the baby, it's not a baby. It, it's, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. You know that, right? Of course. Of, of course. It doesn't take long for a baby to cry this in general. This is true. So, so usually when you see a baby crying... That's not necessarily when they're filming everything else. That could be a take that's taken completely out of sequence of everything else. Of course. And it could. with babies, you don't have to wait long before a baby cries. But every you, now and then, you might, you might need a more sophisticated shot in which you can make out the baby and the tears and other characters. But <laughs> not really. Well, no, but Pay very, very occasionally. It. But the likelihood of the baby going for several minutes or hours without crying is pretty close to zero. It, that doesn't happen, but what does happen is that, that they've got loads of recordings of babies crying that they can put in as a soundtrack afterwards. I, I think that's a it, fairly comprehensive answer, don't you? It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's fake, all of it. Not all of it. Most of it. Yeah. Qualifications? Um, I've been on plenty of film set as an extra. I, as a uh, what? For Hugh Grant, as, as an a, extra. As an but, extra? So yeah, did you hear um, me say... That hopefully well, I mean, a famous I... actor will ring. Uh, hopefully a famous actor will ring in. 
I can't do that, but I have doubled for Hugh Grant in, in various things. Tell me more. Well, um, in Paddington 2, for example, when he's running through Primrose Hill yes. and you don't, see his, you don't see his face, he's also dressed up as a hobo. That's not Hugh Grant. That's you? That's me. Are you serious? Yes. So when, when, I said, when I said, hopefully Hugh Grant will ring in, he's a great friend of the program. That was my cue. And, that, and then the person who actually rang in was Hugh Grant's body double in what, pound for pound, is, is, is possibly his finest performance ever. That or Jeremy Thorpe, for my money. That, that I've got a feeling that Hugh Grant, I've always fancied Hugh Grant and Colin Firth's careers in, in parallel. And Colin Firth over the last few years has had the march on Hugh Grant. I suspect those scales, possibly because of the quality of do- body double that he employs, Brian, I suspect well, that maybe, H- Hugh, Grant, Hugh Grant is going to, for the next decade or so, be lovely to see him win an Oscar, but you are actually Hugh Grant's body double and you rang in shortly after I only, said... Only in Paddington 2 was, and only in that yeah, scene. Yeah, but that's all right. Yes. No, you, oh, only in that one scene? Yes. Ah... Because my friend was, believe it or not, my friend was Uma Thurman's body double in um, a little-noticed Robin Hood film that she made many moons ago, but it it suffered from coming out at roughly the same time that Kevin Costner's Robin Hood came out. I think Patrick Bergen was the star. of, And she was on set all day, every day, and every time they had to do some blocking, my friend would go onto the set and Uma Thurman would just chill out in her caravan. So you weren't doing that. They just used you as a stunt double for the hobo scene in Paddington 2. Exactly. Well, I'm going to give you a round of applause, not a Ray Liotta in that case. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you for your honesty, Brian. Because you could have got if you'd, if you'd embellished your role slightly, if you'd if you'd polished your part, then you might have ended up with a Ray Liotta. That's a lovely moment. Twelve forty-five. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. Prince Harry is carrying out what could be his last royal engagement in the UK. It might not be, but if it is, what part has racism played? Sheila Fogarty on LBC.